Hi everyone, welcome to another episode in the Leading Safely podcast. Today, I have another great special guest episode for you. This time, my special guest hails to us from no other than Queensland, Australia. Jake is an Enviro Health and Safety Manager for UGL at one of their main power stations. To me, Jake is one of those guys worth their weight in gold, a wealth of knowledge and an ideas guy. But after working on the front line himself, he knows what is logical and more importantly, what is practical. He's respected and liked amongst his peers, and it's not because he's a Kiwi and always mistaken for a scaffolder. Like me, Jake is not afraid to get his hands dirty while getting the job done. This is a fun but real chat about Jake's experiences from the front line to the transition through health and safety. So here is my chat with Jake Perengatai. Before I stepped into safety, I played professional rugby as well for a long time. So I played pro okay. for, for 14 years, pretty much straight out yeah. of school. And then I sort of joined the working force, a uh, bit of fly on fly to work. And then sort of the last five years, I, I stepped into that, that state, uh, safety space. I had a mate that sort of had a discussion with me, sort of, you know, obviously I enjoyed talking to people and I, you'd see yourself when you engage with people, you know, you can, yeah. people are good at it. You know, I've got a good way with people and that sort of got identified and then the question was asked and then you know, I never sort of saw myself doing safety. But I mean, they tell you everything though. Yeah, yeah. So it was because I've seen safety people like the, the way they were. So, and, yep. you know, obviously, in some places you go to, not too highly looked upon. Yep. But I suppose that was a challenge for me to maybe um, yeah, implement my style, if, if you know what I mean, like re recreate um, that sort of safety advisor to how I wanted to portray myself to the workforce. And I suppose, yeah, being a Kiwi and being Maori, pretty much everywhere I go, most people think I'm a scaffolder. So, um, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, nah, have to, yeah. yeah <laughs> nah, well, I'm, I'm, six, I'm six foot three, you know, like I'm 105 kgs everywhere I go, you know, like I'll, I'll yeah. walk up with a whole crew of Kiwis and they just think I'm a scaffolder, like scaffolders over here, mate. I said, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm here, I'm safety, and they sort of look at me like, you serious? But yeah, yeah, and then they're like, oh, do you want a job? <laughs> like, nah, nah, we're good, bro. We're good, bro. <laughs> I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna head over to the safety office, <laughs> they're just like. Yeah, so I don't think they really know how to take um, me, but I, I, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's, it's been to my advantage because it sort of help, helps break down yeah. the, you know, those barriers of, yeah. of um, you know, communication because, you know, obviously with me being a Kiwi and, you know, like when you come to different situations, I can use those characteristics to almost, you know, like, you know it depends what situation I'm in. I can sort of lean on that a little bit, you know, like, hey, you're bro, you're like, yeah, yeah, what are you up to, bro? You know what I mean? I can have, and I can break down that barrier and then, once you break down that barrier and that first initial engagement yeah. and you start having the conversation, yeah, going, what, what do you do? And then I'm, then I find normally pretty much every time, man, I, I find my way in and then I can, and that's when I, and that's when they go, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's pretty, um, you know, people aren't stupid, man. People know when you're genuine, you know what I mean? So I think that's, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that conversation, that's where it sort of starts for me. And then that's, um, and then I can build that relationship and I find, as I move on through outage or wherever I am, I mean, people sort of start to trust me. And then, then you know, like in the same, people know that you're there to help them, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Which makes my job easier because I don't have to go out there. They come to me. And that's what you want at the end of the day, really, isn't it? And, and your profession is people coming to you to to help them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's probably the, no. probably the best way to uh, what I've been doing over the last sort of couple of years. Eh? So, no, and it's a, it's a job I really enjoy. Like, I never... <laughs> Never thought I'd sort of, um, you know, if I sort of look back five years to where I am now, and you know, it's sort of, it's been a bit of a journey, and 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 it's just got better as as it's gone along, and like anything, I suppose, you you meet different people and you learn different things, and you just take different parts off those different people, and then you just 
put it into what you're trying to obviously curate for yourself to for the workforce. So yeah. No, who did you who did you play footy for? What team? Uh, I played um, Super Rugby, so I played oh, for the okay. yeah I played for the Crusaders. I played for the Highlanders. Um, I played for the Māori All Blacks, uh, and I lived in I played for oh, Munster. Yeah, I played. I lived. I played for Munster when we won the Heineken Cup. So I've lived in Italy. I've lived in um, Ireland. I lived in Japan for six years. Mm. Okay, your family would love you then, hey? Yeah, they do. Until until I I finished playing pro rugby, and then I had to get a real <laughs> job. <laughs> so I had to find income to um, to yeah, maintain that lifestyle that we'd been living for so long. Yeah. So I suppose that was a challenge. I suppose that transition um, is probably why I think eventually I'll end up in, in back in the sports sector um, around that yep. well-being space. Um, so yeah. I suppose you'll see with I see you did Darius Boyd. And he, he'd probably agree with me as probably yeah. I think he was better prepared because he already read through that. That well, uh, that mental sort of well-being space, but the transition from pro footy to back into the working life—it's um, it's something that's probably—it's it's pretty difficult. It's only sort of been spoken about um, a lot now yeah. these days because the transition is difficult, especially when you've done something for so yeah, long that you love, you know, and you've been in that bubble, and then you come out of that bubble, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're clocking on at seven in the morning like everyone else. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> yeah. And having to answer to people, I think, is the other thing. Oh yeah, like I remember my first year out of pro pro footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was just I was working down at a port on a ship. You know, and the year before that I was playing Super Rugby. Yeah, and I was like 34, but I'd finished yep. up, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, you were on TV last year. And now you're playing rugby, and now you're down here working with us. You know how how come?" And I was like, "It was one of the." I just yeah, I was like, I because I've never worked. I just don't know what you know. I just thought, well, I might as well go do something. And then someone would come with me at the port. Yeah, you know, they're all Kiwis, so just come down and work at the you yeah. know the port and it was where I, I just needed a start point you know what i mean so i didn't know what i wanted to do i was like let's go do that and then i suppose over two three years i just sort of had to sort of do different jobs and just learn you know almost yeah like it was just starting all over again pretty much so but yeah yeah no, yep, definitely yeah. Con but, considering we've been chatting already i think i'll just continue and i'll ask you the questions as we're going along yeah. and then i can cut the intro in rather yeah, than yeah. you know like doing yeah, nah. Formally or anything like that, because um, nah, you asked that question around, you know, like if you could go back now and tell yourself something, you know, given you know you changed your career and what, what yeah. would if you knew that you were going to go from pro or you know into health and safety, for example, like what would you have said to your pro football self back then? Oh, I probably would have started laughing, and that's yeah, I would I would have started laughing. I would have said, you know, and that's I suppose, and that's where the, yeah. the challenge was me because I just didn't know, you know what I mean? It was all new territory for me. So, supposed to um, to go from that to to where I am now, you know. So it's it's been a, like like I probably said to you earlier on, it's been a bit of a journey, but it's a, a journey that I'm enjoying, and and you know, I'm I'm sort of prospering from. So and that's I just you know, I'm enjoying the challenge in regards to upskilling and, and getting better at what do I do, and I suppose I enjoy it because I feel like I'm giving back. And a support sort of a role if, if you know what i mean i'm helping people so um you know for yeah me, uh, yeah I, I really enjoy that side of it sorry keep breaking up keep yeah, yeah a little no, bit. That's, right. that's good and then and yeah, then obviously through your time in football and stuff you had you know probably had some really decent coaches and then i guess as a safety professional you've also had some you know great bosses and kind of seen what leadership looks like um how what do you think makes a, a good you know health and safety leader or a good leader in general um probably just what I find, because um, I've had so many good um, people within those leadership roles, for me, 
like I find when they're always challenging and looking to uh, to improve. And obviously the other one because like they set high standards, and um, you yeah. know they're always they're always open. Um, they're always like looking to encourage the team, and then obviously just you know give positive reinforcement. Um, so when it's needed, so it's, it's probably for uh, through just the internal actions um, and just that positive energy. They um, just like they're genuine and and just want to help. Um, See, like I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, I sat down um, with a guy that's quite high up in our business, and you know, I was sort of preparing myself for what. Here we go. You know, he wants to look at the management plan, go through all the procedures, policies, and he just sat down and we just talked for an hour. We didn't even talk about safety. He just wanted to know who I was as a person. You know what I mean? So, oh, wow. and it was, and it was a good, and I, and I, and for me, I, I've experienced that with different leaders and I, I'll give you, I had the same when I was at the Crusaders with Robbie Deans, he was the same, he just wanted to sit down, he didn't, he knew I was a rugby player but he just wanted to talk about, it. he wanted to understand me as a person and, and I think that's, it's a real important skill like uh, when you deal with people in those management positions when they actually get to know, that want to get to know the person then you feel co comfortable in that environment and I think when they feel, when you feel comfortable in an environment you're going to get the best out of the person and I think that, and that's, that aligns with the workers as well yeah, uh, when you look, when you're looking for people to have input and be part of that team environment, so um, and that that's that's a big one for me, and that's not just him, but these are a few people, um, so far that I've been um, going along on this journey that um, that I've really enjoyed, and I still use to this day. Like I'll call them up when um, I need um, help for looking for different bits of um, content around um, safety stuff to to give me a little bit of direction on it. Yeah, and I think you alluded to earlier, you know, like uh, putting the workers on the right foot from that very first approach, you know, like when you do walk up to someone being genuine yeah. about the interest in them. And, and I guess you said you, you obviously use your lovely Kiwi-isms to, you know, break down the barriers and have a, you know, a decent conversation. I'm yeah. sure you've seen in your past the opposite to that, though. Like I know I have those policemen, you know, safety people that unfortunately put people on the back foot. Yeah, and, and and I suppose in all the ways that is disappointing because that's the perception they see safety people. So for me, it's about breaking down that perception again and then seeing me, my style and the way that I've I come across. So and that's a challenge uh, I enjoy. So and, and so sometimes, yeah. it, you know, that person may ignore me, not may, may not say hello to me, but you know, next time I see them, I say hello again. And, and what I find is eventually, like, oh yeah, okay, well, he said hello to me like the fourth time now. I better say hello back. And then once they say hello. And then you can build on that if you know what I mean. So and yeah. then you lead into that next engagement, like, oh, how are you going? Yeah, what have you been up to? And then you know, just something basic. Oh, what are you doing today, man? Like, what does your work tasks involve? You know, and you'll find that yeah. most workers they take pride in what they do, especially qualified tradesmen. So yeah, when you when you sit there and you take that time to have that conversation around what they're doing, and then you've broken down, you know, from the first to that second barrier, and then you can lead into um, that next one, or like you know. The next question, oh, how, how do you reckon we can do this better, man? Like you include them in the conversation. Like we're working as a team to try and make this better, this this work task that you're doing um, better, better, oh, you know, even safer. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. it may not, you know, some sometimes um, it may not happen at the start, but I think over a period of time, if you're consistent and, and you know, like I said earlier on, when you're genuine people, um, you know, eventually they, they come around. Yeah, most definitely. Well, that, that kind of goes straight into that question around, obviously, we have some staunch people in workplaces um, who, you know, stick to their ways and kind of will be a little bit argumentative or not wanting mm. change. What other than, obviously, what you've just said with, you know, bring that approach and then kind of, you know, coming at it on a different level, what other tactics or things have you done in the past to 
you know, help get someone to where you understand, you know, where they're coming from and, and are able to influence them? Yeah, I suppose, like, I mean, there's probably two sides of that. I find sometimes it's more challenging on the corporate side in, in those management roles, if, if you know what I mean, because they're so set in their ways. Um, where if I go, if I refer back to the workforce, like obviously difficult individuals, um, and like I said, I, sometimes I can lean on my Kiwi characteristics, you know, obviously, you know, being 6'3", and, 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 you know, obviously people, sometimes they can be quite uh, aggressive in their approach, and obviously, because, you know, obviously being a bit bigger, and I sort of, so yeah, I'd, I'd sort of lean on that a little bit, you know, like, sort of like, um, you know, because obviously I'm quite big, and sometimes I come across a little bit aggressive, but then I just downplay it, say, come on, man, you know. Um, you know, let's just, let's just talk about it. Let's be reasonable, you know what I mean? Just sort of try and draw that that line in the sand and just most of the time I'll find a way around it, you know what I mean? Like I'll sort of like just sort of conversate and, and wherever the conversation goes, you know, I'll, I'll sort of yeah, head, head in that direction um, So and just try and simmer it down. So, I mean, if I talk about the corporate side, um, it's more um, with managers like I might I might not agree with what what they're doing, but at, at the same time um, they're in their position. So like once again, it comes back to um, just taking my time. Obviously, you know, just working through it, and then eventually, what I find is uh, like I can sort of address certain things um, once they get to understand me or, or get to know me. And like I said, um, I sort of yeah, I, most of the time I can sort of find a way in. Um, it's just yeah, different individuals and trying to manage those those situations. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. probably the best but i don't like i because i'm quite bigger um and you know obviously workers see that i'm bigger i don't come across like that like i, I try to come across well they look at me and obviously they think you know being a big kiwi and they think you know like i pretty much look at a scaffolder but then you know, I, I can talk on a, on a personal sort of a level um and, and what i find is because i can sort of come in with a calm approach like you know i'm sort of just like i said before just calm things down and then have that conversation and then you know i'll, I'll find you know whatever they're they're not happy about I can sort of break it down and then try and um, put things in place um, so just to help them understand um, so and look sometimes um, it may not happen right then and there but what I find is if I, I give them a bit of space and maybe let them cool down and then I might come back a little bit later on or a day later I and mean, you know what I mean so um, like I said it's just managing those situations and, and different individuals because obviously people are some people are quite far you, you just got to give them a little bit of space and then just try and address it a little bit later, but I'll, a little bit later, but I find most of the times um, I uh, resolve um, the issues, whoever that certain individual may be. Probably, probably went a little bit off um, topic there, but <laughs> so, no, that's fair. Yeah. Have you, um, you know, like obviously we're frontline, you know, safety people. Have you had some interactions where they've been really aggressive based on, you know, interactions with other safety people that haven't been as open and genuine as yourself? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, the, the worst probably examples I can give you is safety advisors that go out there. So what the workers hate is when some, like a safety advisor will go out there, take a photo, and then they'll just take off and then elevate it to like a, a manager. You know what I mean? And that's probably the, the one big thing they hate where if you go out there, um, you know, address it with, with those workers, all those individuals. Um, so I've seen that plenty of times. And what you'll find is when the workers, uh, you know, when they don't like, the way that someone obviously in that safety role uh, conducts himself it, it's sort of if anything it does it does more harm than good um so yeah but at, at, at the same time you know that that 
that's not saying that's how they do it. You know what I mean? People have different styles and that's their style. So every, yeah. every person for, for themselves, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that, um, yeah, I suppose people have different ways of how they manage different situations. Um, so, and that's mm -hmm. just because I talk to the workers, you know, and, and I ask for feedback from them, you know, like, so, and they'll give me different examples of um, different experiences with safety people. Um, but that's probably the big one when they don't address it or, you know, like, let's be honest, when they come in real sort of direct, I mean, no one likes being yelled at really, do they? So, um, so that's how I look at it. So, um, yeah, you know what I mean? So that's, and that's with workers, you know, if you're going to come in confrontational then you're going to be met with confrontational, especially, um, uh, you know, it all, it's, it all, it, it's how you come across to that worker. You know what I mean? So yeah, it comes, it comes back to those different situations. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, and I think, you know, without playing the gender card, um, that's been one thing that, I mean, I have had some really <clears throat> aggressive, I guess you could say, like confrontational interactions, Not obviously not me, but on the other part, based off those conversations that are normally policing. Um, so I worked on a major Brisbane project where during COVID, I was required to walk around telling people to put their face masks on. Yeah, um, even yeah. though they were working on a construction site in the middle yeah. of Brisbane. And I remember coming up to a group of concreters that were knee deep, like we're talking, you know, 35 degree yeah, heat, yeah. knee deep yeah. in concrete, bent yeah. over, and they've got their masks up around their head or on their ears. And I'm having to tell them that, you know, it's COVID, you have to wear a mask. And you can imagine the lip that oh, these guys gave I me. I was like, I know. I know. I, that, I, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's so difficult. I mean, that's that that's a, that's a really difficult situation. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's where I probably like, you know, like I've just... done a little, a little bit of concrete. They're like looking at me like, come on, Jake. I'm like, yeah, sorry, bro, man. It's just it's just the rules, yeah. man. You know, that, sorry, well, exactly you, know, I'm, you know what I mean? There's not much I can do. So like, you know, and then I think yeah, I've had that sort of situation as well. And you know, like you sort of try and. Obviously, so you know, sorry, man, but it's just the rules. We've got to do it, yeah. you know. And they, they like, you know, they'll say a few swear words, and then they know, like, you yeah, know, I'm, yeah. only, I'm not it's doing not, it. I'm, yeah, I'm not coming from a bad place. It's just, yeah. it's just the rules, and and we just got to situation. Gotta, yeah, yeah, we just got to follow those rules, eh? So yeah. that's what back to how you deliver that message, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I remember walking away thinking I could hear them grumbling. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> they would still be like, you know, you know, under their breath, the swear words are the expletives. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I was oh. like, yep, that's been the highlight of my week this week, having to tell a group of concreters. You know, you know, normally the best yeah, dudes no. very like, can you put your mask on when you're outside? You know, yeah. like you're outside in open air, but because it's a public place where there had been complaints made that you got a lot, I was just like, this is you know, shit yeah. job, you know, sh you know, shitty situation. Oh, just, yeah. yeah it's just uh, crappy. It was funny, though, because um, when I, when I, I worked for Shadfall Chival Construction, I don't know how to say their name, but my first year, I, I did a whole year doing concrete with them, and that's where they identified me, and then I knew a couple of guys uh, when I played professional rugby. Um, they brought me into the safety team, so it was quite hard. It, it, it was quite – that transition into the safety was quite difficult because uh, – a few weeks previous, I'd be standing in a big concrete pits pouring concrete with them, and then a couple of weeks later, I'm standing at the top telling them to put their PPE gear on regarding gloves and that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Two weeks ago, you weren't wearing a hard hat, and now this week you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're just like looking up at me, but they, you know, because they're, they're respectful, and I think they're yeah. quite, quite proud that I'd sort of stepped away and moved in, into that role because they know it was an easy role. And yeah, I suppose when I first stepped into that role, I, I was a little bit uncomfortable. But you know, and like anything, it's 
yeah um it's just over a period of time um you sort of get more comfortable and, and then like i said you 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 start learning and um just moving forward yeah, yeah. um with uh, the next question, I always have interesting answers. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you've had a chance to kind of think about it, but if you could solve like a workplace issue and you had all the money and, you know, all the resources that you needed, have you thought about what you would, you know, solve, what you would invent and why you would invent it? Yeah, I had a, I've heard this, Chris, so I had a bit of a think about it. It's a, it's a, bit, of a, uh, it's a bit of a tough question, eh? Um, but I, okay. I think for me, I've been involved um, with um, incidents and then obviously when you go through the investigation um, process. So and some of them I've been involved with, you know, where workers have taken shortcuts and, and then that's led to like a, a serious incident. So I think for me, if I could go back in time, I'd like to take a, a snippet of that, that shortcut and then share it with the workforce just to, you know, like, just to do, do, you know, don't take shortcuts. Like, just do the job. Like, take your time. And we and we encourage we 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 encourage our workers to do that. Don't rush the job. Take your time. You know what I mean. So, yeah, that probably be, if I was to do something, like, just take a snippet of that time and then just share it with workers. Like, uh, could show the outcome of a shortcut that can that can lead to a serious incident. So for me, it would just be making sure that um, all those controls are in place for that hazard and not taking shortcuts to get the job done any faster. Um, so that'd probably my my um if i was to do something like that sharing probably so yeah if i was to, if i could go back in time um that'd be something that i'd like to do like share that content with workers ah. um, yeah. have you have you done that you know with anything that you can think of like do you have you know yeah oh look i don't really want to go too into it but i have seen a couple of situations um where workers have sort of taken a bit of a shortcut and it's led to a serious instance so I um, mean, you sort of sit back and then even like when uh, incidents have happened and, you know, like you'll go through that investigation process and well, whoever and workers will say, oh, you know, I sent it a couple of days ago, you know what I mean? So it's more um, encouraging, you know, workers to speak up. So, and that's what I sort of go back in time and, and take snippets of those different situations and share it so people can understand, um, you know, the, what can happen. Um, obviously, when it comes down to that hazard identifications or, or taking shortcuts that lead to uh, incidents, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and sometimes it's interesting to also learn like the reasoning behind the shortcut or the you know like the context as to why the person is feeling like they need to do you know A B C yeah, nah. as well, and whether it's substantiated or not. Like, but just understand yeah. you know like that reasoning. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. I suppose that's that's with an investi investigation. That's where obviously you find those flaws within the system. You know what I mean. So, and with those yeah. flaws in the system, you obviously try to implement something in place where it doesn't happen again. But I suppose, yeah, and being able to, you know, how do you share that with the the workforce? To communicate. You know what I mean. So, I mean, I get you get yeah. different projects, and they show they show different examples. But I think, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to have a um, a bigger em emphasis on that, if you know what I mean, because. Some of the work you do, um, we do do a lot of high risk activities and, and serious incidents do happen. So I suppose you, you know how you um, include that, um, you know, like a presentation to your workers and part of the induction process. It's just making we're helping workers understand, um, you know, like serious incidents do happen, um, so they're aware of that. And then I suppose you know putting support. How do you support the workers? Um, so sorry, how do you support the workers in regards to understanding um, that content, you know, like, yeah. like uh, so like, and I suppose a good one, it could be like for an uh, instance, like workmates looking after workmates, you know, trying to find that connection 
within the workforce uh, where they where they look out for each other where they look after each other um, if you know what I mean so yeah and I guess we were talking earlier about you know your passion for well-being uh, you know in the workplace um, do you have I guess any insights or anything you can share with the people that are listening around you know like well-being and like you just said looking after your workmates and anything in that space yeah, I suppose something that we we currently try to promote um, the business that I'm working with. Um, so they we've got this like this family advocate. So we share a couple of incidents, serious incidents that have taken place, and then um, obviously then we go into a bit of a fought activity with the workers um, when they're at work, um, sort of asking, you know, if if you have a serious incident, who suffers the most, which is obviously your family. So we try to put something in place. Well, who's the best to look after your uh, family's interests? when you're at work and it's obviously for us it's your workmates because you know you work together work together every day um you know you pretty much live together outside of work so um, what we try to create in that safety environment is workers looking after workers workmates caring about workmates so for us how we do that we encourage that um and then we also the other thing we do is like reward and recognition where we reward our workers um you know for going over and beyond so and i think it it's, it's about trying to create an environment like that, that culture. And I think we discussed this earlier on to get that input or that to align. That's it's when workers feel like they're involved in a team situation. So mm -hmm. it's encouraging them to speak up, um, you know, have input and it's been part of that team environment. And I suppose that starts from the top through the managers and then filters down to the supervisors, supervisors to, to, to the, to the teams, um, if you know what I mean. So, um, I've done a lot of work in that, with a, as I discussed earlier, with a guy called Michael, um, he's Banyara Councillors, um, awesome platform. Um, you know, he, he's out there having those conversations. Um, and I, I think it's really come to the forefront as of late, obviously with the psychosocial hazards getting introduced to um, the legislation um, just recently. So a lot of the work that we do aligns with that. So. Um, it's about making sure that our workers are aware of those support systems we have in place in, in that well-being space. And I suppose Michael from Manyara is a prime example where he comes to our site dressed in a in a blue and blue hat, and he walks around and just has general conversations with workers. And, and it's I think him being visual and being seen out there, um, it's, yeah, the response's been pretty amazing. I've been with him the last couple of years to see workers that you would never expect to approach Michael and just sit down and just have that conversation. Um, and and you know, each individual they're going through different, might be going through difficult um, parts outside of work. He, he just helps put support systems in place to um, to be able to manage that for them, which which is it's 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 really it's really awesome to see. And um, yeah, he's done it a number of times. So and I think I, I've obviously because I work away and like I said through the shutdown out of space, we were gone for long periods of time. From yeah. our families and loved ones, um, I've had to deal with, with a lot of that. So for me, um, to have a better understanding and just having the tools to assist um, different individuals within that space, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know that that's good. And why do you think um, Michael is so successful in having those conversations? You know, is it his approach? Is it what what does he say? Like, what what is it that you think people are gravitating towards? Uh, I think because he's he's gone through that situation, so he can relate to those people, and and because he cares and he cares, you know what I mean. So, and he's got a good aura about him, you know what I mean. And and people are attracted to good energy, and that's it's pretty simple. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they gravitate toward people with good energy. They gravitate towards you, and and, and he's a prime example. So, 
um, you know, and, he, and he's out there and he does it. So, and for me, um, I've worked with him and I enjoy what he does and I enjoy that well-being space helping people as I find it rewarding, um, like probably most people that help people out. So, yeah, I can't awesome. sort of, yeah, no, I can't sort of, um, can't go on enough about what he does, not just for uh, for us, but just for other people as well and other workforces. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. I'm definitely going to look him up and reach out to him, maybe see if he wants to come on the podcast as well. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's an awesome resource and, um, yeah, I can't recommend him highly enough. No, that's great. Yeah, and what yeah. about, is, is there any lessons, um, Jake, that you've got from, I guess, you know, your time so far in safety? You know, if you were talking to some newbie safety person who's fresh out of uni, you know, ready, rearing and all bushy-eyed and, you know, doe-tailed, et cetera, to go out into the workforce. Any tips for them on, you know, being successful and, and you know, getting through without crying every two days? <laughs> it's funny you actually uh, said that because I've had a lot of Kiwis, scaffolders, riggers, yeah. approach approach me about doing safety. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Which, uh, yeah, I've had, so I've had, like, about four or five guys do cert fours and because they see the way I am and then they asked the question like how did you get into safety bro and said oh, right. look, man, it's, it's, it's not something that I ever thought I'd do you know I sort of got asked the question and then I said um, you know it's the best decision I ever made and I said at the day you know you guys have a, a perception of safety people but then you see me and what I do and how I you know, obviously interact with you guys in our workforce you know what I mean you're attracted to it so you know and that's probably the best advice I give to them is you know just do it because you guys are, you know, you got the experience on on, on the on yeah. the work floor anyway. But how you implement your style, you know, you see what I do. It's yeah, it's, it's how you want to. Obviously, it's what you do with yourself to, to the workforce. I said, you know, just because you've had that perception of how safety people are, doesn't mean you have to be like that. You know what I mean? You you have your own style, and that's yeah. probably. And I've said that a number of times. Though every individual is different, is different. Yeah. So, how you um, want to create yourself, or how you want the workforce to be seen. Um, you know what I mean? And it just comes about just to engaging pretty much with, with, with the workforce. So, yeah, that's pretty much the best advice. In regards to uh, university students, I've had to deal with them as well. So um, I just tell them just to relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, just chill out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, only yeah, life that yeah, easy, hey? Yeah, yeah no, nah, just, yeah, just don't get caught up. Just take your time, man. Just, yeah. Obviously, and, you know, like it's just like, oh, I've had a couple that have walked around with me, and, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, obviously have that conversation, hey, just enjoy it, you know what I mean? Just, don't be so, you know, I mean, like, got to do this, got to do that, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just find your feet, just talk to people, ask questions, and, you know, and then over a period of time, you, you'll, you'll find yourself on how, how, what you want to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chillax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like just that. Out, eh? Yeah, no, just chill out. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. No, that's been great. Awesome. Yeah, all right, well, I, I think that you've covered all of the questions in a nice, lovely, you know, circular way, which has been awesome. Um, yeah. So thank you for doing that. I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat and I'm sure that our listeners will have as well. No, nah, no, nah, really. And thanks for having me. Eh? So I think it was, um, yeah, I, I watched your, your material and I really enjoy it. So and it didn't, anyway, you probably see I'm quite passionate about what I do. So yeah. I, no, I really wanted to start sharing like I already do. Um, actually, there's another guy you should, uh, Tommy the Cowboy. I, I've worked Sorry, with him who? as well. Tommy, Tommy the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, he he does a lot of safety stuff. He's massive on Instagram. Like he gets okay. like huge following. So um, look at him on uh, Instagram. He, okay. He's, pre- he's pretty. He's pretty famous. Where so where is look, he? 
Australia or he, yeah, yeah, he's in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So he worked on a job with me at the start of the year. He, he's got like a massive social media following. Okay, I'm going so, to. Yeah, yep. I've done a little bit. Well, I've, I've spent a bit of time with him. So I'm just giving you just some stuff for for your podcast. I know you like some of the guys you do a corporate. You know, like but if you're looking for Everyone. like yep. the, the, the next generation coming through, if you know what I mean, like a bit like myself and and like yep. you know, he's he's Polynesian and. So it's just a bit of a different flavor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a bit like if you're like. Just, oh, just, I've um, seen his videos. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just something a little bit different for me. I don't know. That's that's. Yeah, no, that's where, great. Where I am at the moment, I'm just looking. You probably just sort of after talking to me for a period of time, now you can sort of see. Um, I don't know. Like I'm obviously doing what I'm doing, but maybe just putting like a little bit of a different spin on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's awesome, Jay. And yeah, like you said, right? Everyone's got their own style, and everyone's, you know, trying to make, I guess, you know, the world a safer place as well. So yeah, you know, yeah. each to their own. And I think it's about helping each other out. Like, if there's anything that you need that I can help you with, then you know. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Yeah, and, I don't know. I've always wanted to sort of catch up with you, but no, nah, I've enjoyed the uh, collaboration. It's been awesome speaking with you guys. Yeah. So. No, I really enjoyed it. So that was my chat with Jake, and I'm going to tie the close of this episode in with error traps, things that occur where you are likely to make an error. Well, the funny thing is that after we recorded the session, Jake messaged me to let me know he had a little bit of a colourful history as a footballer, and was I sure that I wanted him on the podcast? Of course, you know the answer to the question, right? But the funny thing is when he originally told me he'd been a pro footballer, I asked which team he had played for. His response was the All Blacks. And here's how you know that I know nothing about sport. I was like, holy cow. Little of me has just interviewed an ex-All Blacks player. Then Jake messages me to say that I was referring to the wrong All Blacks team. And he had in fact played for the Maori All Blacks. Now, why would there be two teams with the same name? What sort of foolish error trap is that? Anyways, I hope that you've enjoyed this great down-to-earth episode with my friend Jake. Until next time, stay safe.